0: I am the true source of my own joy, the true source of my own power, the true source of of everything. And when I stop looking to be rescued, because even under the surface, I think that there was a part of me that wanted this man to come in and just make everything better. Even though my life is already great. It's not like I have this massive void that I was looking to fill. And I imagine as I continue this journey, there will consistently be little voids that appear. But I think the first one is just realizing that I am everything to me.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Get Psyched. I'm your host, Lindsay, and today we have Bryn Daylor joining us again on the show. And after you absolutely ate up our last show together, I couldn't wait to bring her back. And what better way to bring Bryn back to the show than to launch a show out of order on a Monday on Valentine's Day to talk about nothing other than a 90-day masculinity detox. So men that are listening, please do not scratch your head and think we're going to man bash this entire thing. No, no, no. It is all about discovering our own patterns and how we would like to show up in relationship. So whether you identify as a man or a woman or non-binary, anything and everything in between, there are beautiful nuggets of knowledge in today's episode for you. We talk all about situationships, Right. Those things we can't really call a relationship, but are a little bit more than friends with benefits, and the longing and attachment that those can create. We also talk about reframing your future partner as someone that's in the now and masculine and feminine energies. I know you are absolutely going to love today's show. And while you're listening, please be sure to leave the show a five-star rating and review. While you're in the app store, because you're already listening to the show. Hit those five stars, write an awesome review, make my day, and tune into today's show. Enjoy, Bryn. I'm so excited. First off, because of the friendship that we created since literally. Our first show, after we ended that show, I was like, okay, Bryn is a friend. She's a person that is going to be here forever. Um, and since then, I've only gotten closer and only had deeper and juicier and more awesome conversations. And so I couldn't wait to bring you back. Your show is also one of the top listened to shows. Um, so selfishly, I also am so excited that you wanted to come back for that reason. And you have been very open and vulnerable lately about this 90-day masculinity detox that you are on. And given that this show is releasing Valentine's Day, I felt like no better time than to stomp the story that is traditional Valentine's Day and Mm. talk about what's going on. So thank you so much for being here.
0: Oh hi, I'm so glad to be back. It's me, your little peanut. My little peanut. The amount of
1: of pet names I have for brand, you guys, is literally (laughs) a list a mile long, but it is her love language. So if any of you listen to this show and you repost it on your story or share it shout out a new nickname, new pet oh, name for brand. And that'll be the call to action.
0: That may be my favorite thing anyone's ever said to me on a podcast. You are feeding my praise kink more than I can even <laughs> tell you. So, oh, it's so good to be back. I love uh, you. And uh, yeah, let's get into it.
1: Oh yeah. For people that have not listened to the last show, first off, continue to listen to this one because it's going to be awesome, but also go back and listen. But for people who haven't, can you just in a nutshell explain who you are, maybe why we're talking and leaning more into sex and sexuality today? And then we'll dive into this 90 day detox.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. They don't know yet who I am. And I'm just like, bam, sex, kink, crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, and I'm ovulating today. So I feel like extra um sexual open so you're just going to get a whole lot of fun from me today but um my name is Bryn I am a, I'm a sex love and embodiment coach so I specifically support women in creating lives that turn them on so I help you understand your desires I help you get more confident in what your turn-ons are, your body and your pleasure. And then from there, we learn about turn-on, not just in the bedroom, but in your whole life. Like I help you burn down whatever it is that isn't serving you um, from a healthy, um, intact place, right? Not from a subconscious, (laughs) the way that I've done it in the past. Um, and also really just focusing on what is it that you want in your life and how can we achieve that? And so, um, I'm really excited to share more about the things that I'm doing in my life. I think that's how I operate as I lid, I lead with an open heart and I remind my clients, I remind my community that, I'm not above you. I'm not to be put on a pedestal. I'm doing this work alongside of you. And my goal is to share what I am doing and what has been successful. And the most recent thing that you said attracted me to you and vice versa was my declaration of, of giving up men and dating and masculine energy for 90 days. And so here I am a sex coach saying, I'm not going to have sex or any male attention for 90 days.
1: Oh, I have full body goosebumps because so many things that you said in that, but I think that it's kind of like, um, healing the healer in a way. Right. I totally feel this from a therapy standpoint. There's so many times where you give and give and give, and you have all the knowledge and then something happens. And I was like such a brat two weeks ago when I had a big life event happen. I was like, I don't want to use the tools. Like I just want to be mad right now. Um, but we really do like, that hard reset or that big kind of um, course correction actually is, is what you, uh, you lend to me that day. And I'm so excited to hear more, but I'm curious what it was like to kind of come to that decision internally. Mm. Um, Cause I know I've made big decisions and even though to my core and to my gut, I know it's the right one it goes against everything I've ever done. Every pattern I have, every idea of what are people going to think of me? If I put myself out in this way, what are, how are people going to react or respond? So what was it like
0: making that decision for yourself first? Yeah. It's a great question because there definitely was, a twinge of, I had a little bit of a vulnerability hangover after I made the declaration because I made it from a really raw and tender place. I think sometimes as human, we humans, we wait until the message has been perfected or we were on the other side of it. And I didn't wait until I was on the other side of it. I was fresh in the middle of that decision. I was crying in my Instagram stories. And I remember thinking, what will people think of me if here I am this love and relationship coach. That's openly admitting that I am feeling overly consumed with this search for a partner, like to the point where it was feeling like I was being needy and longing, and it was from this unhealthy place and it felt really vulnerable, but I ultimately knew that because it was so open-hearted and because it felt from a really grounded place, what it did, and I was correct was it, connected me to so many women. Mm. I had hundreds of DMS that day of women. that went, Oh my God, you just articulated exactly what I'm going through. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Or women that were a little further along the path from me that had said, babe, I remember when I did this and everything is on the other side of that for you or the men that reached out and said, wow, like, thank you for showing up this way. This is so beautiful. I didn't even know I, I wanted that from a partner, their ability to be able to say, like, I actually need to take a step back. And when I look at my upbringing, it's no surprise that this is a recurring theme in my life. This Mm -hmm. desire for a man, this, this worthiness attached to being chosen by a partner, because I was raised by a single mother. And from the moment my parents divorced, what it showed me was If you don't have a man in your life, your life will be unstable. Money will be scarce. You'll have to fear all of the time for your safety and security. And until that man comes back in your life, it's going to be hard. Things will be hard for you. And so that was embedded in my being like find a man. And that wasn't just from my upbringing. It was societal too. Like look at every fucking Disney story. Like the they're getting the better first now. First thing I thought of, <laughs> I was like, "Fuck you, Disney!" <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: um, it's like, oh, when you find the prince, you live happily ever after, and you skip into the sunset. And so I was getting blasted from all angles of like, find a man—that's what's going to bring you joy, even though I logically know that that is not the case because I'm divorced. I know that I had the marriage, the white picket fence, the dog, like you know, the house, the kids. No, we didn't have kids; we had fur babies. But you get what I'm saying—that I logically knew that this wasn't what brought me joy, but yet my operating system was still saying, find it, get it, have it until you have it, nothing else will work. And so in that moment, I finally decided enough is enough. And I, I remember throughout my journey, once I got divorced, hearing this phrase, like masculine cleanse, men detox and I would get so triggered. I would feel this twinge of like, whoop, I don't want that. I I don't want that. In my soul, though, I knew it was exactly what I needed. But I love this concept of you're just not ready until you are. And something had to shift internally in me. I had to reach a certain level of discomfort before I was ready to say, you know what, it's time. It is time that I just take this off the plate for me. And the second I did, it was hilarious everything shifted. I went from the best example would be, I would go to the gym every morning and subconsciously when my lens is find a partner, find the one I'm going to the gym, not just to go to the gym, but to like search for a partner, like to look and see what men are there, what men seem available, who are the cute guys there. And the next day, what felt so palpable was I went to the gym and I was like, well, fuck man, I can just work out today. <laughs> hey, and it it was so funny to me how something so simple, that subtle energy shift, that subtle lens shift, all of a sudden it was like a pressure cooker. You know, you use your crock pot and the or the instapot and the pressure cooker valve like has to open and all the steam comes out. That is what it felt like for me. It was just this huge sigh of relief of like, oh God, all this space is now opened up. And I don't have to be so focused on that all of the time.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people get caught up in the discomfort that the initial feeling of the change will bring. Um, Joe Dispenza talks about it a lot. He talks about it in um You Are the Placebo.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he talks it he uses this analogy as the river of change. And while you're on one bank and it's uncomfortable, whether that's because it is filled with your family of origin or all these old triggers or all these old patterns, you still have to make it across this really gnarly river, right? There's rocks and rapids and all the different things. And so when you initially make that plunge, it can feel like, Oh, like I left discomfort to be more uncomfortable No, 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 no. This, you know, change is hard, but ideally, right, if we can make it to the other bank, we've made it across this river. I'm so excited to hear that you're you're in the river, but it's been a good pressure cooker valve release for the time being. Yes. Um, and backing up a little bit, we've talked about your last marriage, we talked a little bit about childhood, but what were kind of more the the more acute things that happened that kind of were the uncomfortable nudge, right? That reality and what's going on had gotten uncomfortable enough for you to take this plunge into something that you always knew was there, but yeah. maybe weren't quite ready to do.
0: Yeah. it's a great question. I was in a four month. I don't even know if I can call it relationship. Cause we never defined it. Um, so I'll say situationship <laughs> and at the time, um, I went into it open-hearted, found this person who, uh, from the beginning, had a beautiful connection with. We really, I think, went deep quickly, and I found myself in this state of of longing and attachment. So we get about four months in, and I'm realizing some of my old patterns were creeping in of needing to control this person so that I could feel safe. Um, choosing a man ultimately that wasn't emotionally available, even though I thought that they were. So I was re um, living these childhood patterns already of my mother showed me controls the way that you stay safe. I was doing that with him. And my father showed me that I'm going to search for love for men that are unavailable emotionally. And so here I was, the blinders had been lifted and I'm like, Oh fuck. I'm, I'm repeating these really old patterns. And at first it was just a, okay, I'm aware of this. Now I want to be able to work through them with this person. And then I never had the opportunity to do that because I got dumped. Mm -hmm. So the old version of me would have noticed the patterns and then said like, okay, peace, I'm out. But I was actually given an invitation by a mentor to say, you know how to leave. That's not your problem. Like you're great at saying, I want something different and go, you did that in a 10 year marriage, your job Learning how to surrender, Bryn, like really letting go of the reins and letting the universe guide you. And so when she said that to me, it was so uncomfortable because all I wanted to do was jump in, take the leap, and say, I'm leaving you first before I'm left. Because I could feel him energetically pulling away. And when he broke up with me, it was so painful at first. Um, it stung like hell but it was the greatest gift into this forward momentum of surrender my surrender experiment. Okay. This man is saying he's not available to give me the things that I knew he wasn't able to give me, but I was so caught up in the fairy tale and the romance that I wasn't willing to look at it yet. So he breaks up with me. I'm pretty heartbroken. And rather than just being with the heartbreak, I fling myself back into the dating pool and I think, you know, well, it's okay. Like I know how to grieve. So this is where this shadow of intellect comes into play. Cause I know so much. I know all the tools. I know how to grieve. I know how to be with my feelings. So I'm like, I can do both at the same time. I can grieve and fall in love. And I know I heard from other people stories of them meeting their partner while they're still in the middle of heartbreak. So I'm like, fuck, I can do that too. So I fling myself into more dating and I meet this really amazing man. I meet two men actually, and I'm realizing this now in this moment, these two men were literally control copies, like control paste of two previous people that I dated in my life. Mm. Like physically, emotionally, it was almost like the universe goes, I'm going to send you the exact flavor of the men that you've picked in. Right. You don't
1: want to listen. Look what I'm going (laughs) to do.
0: (laughs) Like they were literal duplicates, Lindsay. It was hilarious. And I thought, oh my God, I'm just continuously being served the same kind of man over and over. What is the constant here? The constant is me. All right. B it's time to to let go. It's time to say for the first time ever, like I've literally never with intention taken a break from dating because in high school, college, like I wouldn't have even considered that. I was just always having fun and playing and sleeping around and in relationships go straight into a 10-year relationship that ends. I fell in love with somebody really close after that. So like I look at my pattern and my pattern is fill the space with men Mm. and after this like whirlwind of repeating patterns and men coming into my life that were hilariously similar. Um, I said, okay, that was it. It just like, I woke up with this lightning bolt of clarity and there was really no resistance. Like I didn't have any sort of like, well, what if it was, I waited until my whole body was a yes to this change, even though I knew there would be moments of challenge. So I did. And then I did what I needed to do, which was I made a declaration publicly so that I could hold myself accountable.
1: Yeah. I something you said that just really resonated with me. I can think of myself, I can think of a million other girlfriends that kind of like serial dating mentality. And something that you said that just gave me I keep getting full body goosebumps. Guys, this is what Bryn does to me on the regular. <laughs> um, was you said I was trying to fill the space And I was filling the space with masculine energy. Now that that energy is not there, have you identified what the space was you were trying to fill or what the answer was you were trying to get?
0: You're just on fire with your questions today. Like if I'm giving you chills, you're giving them to me. (laughs) (laughs) My gosh, it's fucking me up with these questions. Gosh, the space. Uh, yeah, it's, it's being with myself. (laughs) The space is being with myself and knowing that i am the true oh it makes me want to cry just thinking about it tears are uh, welcome i am the w- true source of my own joy the true source of my own power the true source of of everything and When I stop looking to be rescued, because even under the surface, I think that there was a part of me that wanted this man to come in and just make everything better, even though my life is already great. It's not like I have this massive void that I was looking to fill. And I imagine as I continue this journey, there will consistently be little voids that appear. But I think the first one is just realizing that I am everything to me. And when I really let myself feel that and believe that, cause I already really understand and believe my own worth. I think that that's been a journey in and of itself is I know what I bring to the table. Um, but it's funny, what was happening was I was starting to become a little bitter about it. Like I'm so fucking valuable. How could you not choose me? Ooh. And so it was like this worthiness was then being weaponized and I'm like, Whoa, that's not the energy I want to bring. And I, I believe truly deep down, there was this desire for somebody to come in and to, yeah, to make these smaller things in my life, better finances being one, like, Ooh, I'm making good money now, but wouldn't it be great if I had a partner that made a shit ton of money or, you know, I know how to self-pleasure and it's fun and delicious, but like, it's also really great having sex with another person. (laughs) And, And so like all of these little things that were seemingly small, but ended up being this like underlying fuel as to where I just needed to fill this space. And so, yeah, I just said enough is enough. And I'm ready to let myself really embody and understand that I am my everything. And when this person comes into my life, they will be this incredible, miraculous pillar that stands next to me and not instead of this thing that we, we merge and become one, there will be moments of that, but I'm looking ultimately for somebody that enhances me and not is because I'm, I'm lacking in something. And the energy that I felt I was bringing was this hands up grabbing energy Instead of I'm just standing in my power and I'm going to attract and magnetize the man versus this clinging claws out. I'm looking for you. And I will say it was fucking subtle and sneaky. Like it wasn't like I was going out on dates and being like, all right, are you my husband? Like it wasn't like I was leaning in from this aggressive energy, but it was even the subtleness of it, I think was still, um, repelling instead of attracting. And I'm tired of trying to be the puppeteer for my life and Mm. controlling everything in all parts. I want to learn how to receive and me letting go of this search and just really owning that this person is already here and they're on their way to me. And there is a reality where this already exists, takes all the pressure off. It's done. Like this person is here. Our connection is there. It is in this universe. And now I just get to fucking sit back and let this person find their way to me. Um, and within 24 hours of me, making this declaration, I received so many incredible things. I received, first of all, one of the men, it's funny. I hear this story all of the time that when you pull your energy back, like watch out all your exes are going to come flying back within 24 hours. A guy that I'd gone on a date with never heard from texted me. was like, Hey, I'd really love to take you out again. It's like funny. uh, As you should know, I'm not even going to consider that for 90 days. (laughs) Um, So that was one, this other guy that I went out with a couple of times wrote me the most beautiful letter about how I had impacted him and what I, what our, you know, tiny relationship had meant to him. Um, People sending me YouTube videos to watch moments of of praise and celebration in my Instagram and my my, uh, text messages. And it was like, oh, okay. I lean back and look at all these amazing things that I can see actually coming into my field without me having to do anything. So it was really powerful immediately to see the energetic shift take place.
1: Absolutely. And I'm thinking of kind of the unconscious energy that may have been going out into the world, right? Um, Our last episode, you talked about um, calling in your King. And I think that it has a really awesome ring to it. And it reminds me of a lot of like the spiritual words that we'll throw around and, and sound really good and sound really intentional. And then in actuality, we can kind of sit back and go, Ooh, is, is that what I wanted? Cause I'm thinking if, even if it's unconscious and I'm going into a date with, okay, this person's going to be my King. I have this program that life will be better with this person. He'll be able to, you know, fix the things that are wrong in my apartment, or we'll be able to merge financially or these different things, these different stories. That's a lot for someone to live up to or step mm-hmm. into, even if you're not saying in reality those words. There was probably a certain energy that you were giving off to that person.
0: Totally. I really believe that. And what I did to close the loop. Now don't get me wrong. It's not like I woke up on day four and I was just like, well, all my thoughts about men are gone. I'm not gonna focus on this anymore. There's still that energy in me. And I'll be really curious to see over the 90 days how that shifts. But what I did is I created a ritual for myself because I'm like, okay, if I'm still thinking about this every day over the 90 days, I'm still being occupied by this masculine energy. Right, it's
1: addictive. It's that it, like compulsive thought that totally we can use the word men, but substitute in anything you want. Drug anything. of choice,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I wrote him a letter, and I I spent Future the better him past him. Who is him? Uh, I want to say now him because he's already here. He's in my field, right? Like he exists. And that's the belief that I'm really choosing to anchor that is helping me to not be in search of because future him to me means like, I still have to go out and find that person. So I hope that that lands and makes sense, but that was the shift internally that I had to make whether or not it makes sense. Like, yeah, I don't have a boyfriend next to me as we can see but I'm choosing to believe this person is here. So now him, you could say, I love him. that. No, yeah. I
1: love that. That's a perfect reframe and one that was totally not even in my field. So I love that. So
0: same. I, I learned it from a video that somebody sent me when I made the declaration, they said, I want you to watch this video. It made me think of you. And it was this video from Abraham Hicks called you already manifested your partner. And in it, she's literally coaching me, a woman just like me, that is in search of her person. And she helps them to make this shift of when you are talking about someone in the future, it's in your energy field saying that this person doesn't exist. Therefore, you have to go out and find this person. And the energy of finding is an energy of like, again, claws out looking for versus believing in your being, believing in your soul that this person is here and there is nothing you have to do differently. Like you don't have to change or fix anything. Like you're just, you get to receive it. And so I watched that video that shifted a ton for me. And then I get an invitation from a friend. This was a couple of weeks ago to write this personal letter. And again, like I was like, Oh, that's a cool activity, but I wasn't in the right frame of mind. And here I am a couple of days into this masculine cleanse. I'm like, oh, this is what I need to be able to just put you away, like to close that box and go, you're done. Like, it's it you're here. And I'm going to write this letter to you as if you were already here. And it was, it gives me goosebumps, Lindsay. It was so powerful. So yesterday it was snowing in Austin. So snow is coming down. Thank I like,
1: it's not snowmageddon again.
0: <laughs> <Thank> God. <laughs> God threw me a bone. They're like, you've been through enough. We're not going to last Austin. And I I light these candles. I make myself a delicious cup of coffee. I am playing this like romantic classical music. And I paint this really in-depth picture of not like you have dark hair and you make six figures. It was like, I love the way that you walk up behind me. You put your arms around me and you breathe me in. And I love the way that, you know, after sex, you bring me into your chest and you stroke my hair and um, like nuzzle me. And I wrote like all of the things we will do and feel together. And I watched at times where in the letter, when I started to shift more into all of the things he would do for me, I took a step back and I went, wait, this is a partnership what are we creating together where can i actually bring value to you too so the, even the letter was this reflection of where the energy of still him coming in to rescue me was happening and it allowed me to see clearly of oh i'm actually writing this of when we come together we are mutually creating such incredible lives for one another and i i felt it i cried several times as i wrote it and then I sealed it up and I closed my laptop and it was like, okay, that's it. This is, it has been done. And I can't wait till or I can wait. Um, one day I will read this person, this letter that I wrote them and I'll tell them the story of what happened and how I got to this conclusion. And, um, it felt like a really beautiful, uh, ritual to close that loop for me so that I can really just focus on myself.
1: Yeah. The power of written word. It makes so much sense in our heads and so whether you are writing it out or you are talking to a therapist or talking to a coach talking to a friend getting the words out of your head and into reality you can hear the cognitive distortion you can hear the searching for the rescuer right these things that you're like damn i was going into this with so much intention it kind of like pulls pulls the sheets if you will and yeah. like, look at it you know look yeah. at, what L- look you're at it <laughs> yeah. look at it look at what you
0: done <laughs> <laughs> So after the letter was done, it just felt like, okay, great. Now I can re- really connect back to self. Um, and the other letter allowed me to just close that loop and focus on me now for the next 90 days.
1: Yeah. So connecting to self, I want to run with that for a bit mm-hmm. because not having sex for 90 days <laughs> gives you a lot of time to learn how to connect to self. And also, mm. sounds really daunting. Like I can't think of a single person in my life that has intentional in adult life, intentionally been like, "I am not going to do this thing." With yeah. this. right, like people go through dry spells. Listeners, that is not the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> You're not no. that your dry spell <laughs> was a fucking intentional. Cleanse. Okay, so it's not going to twist it. So yeah, don't don't get it twisted. <laughs> uh, so. How are you seeing this? I know we're early on and listeners as kind of a, um, a teaser, if you will, because we're kinky like that. We like to tease, um, Brent and I will meet back up after the 90 days and kind of flush out what happened. But for the time being, what do you forecast for the next bit of time to connect back to self? And Mm with the, the void that is another person, another person's energy, especially sexual energy. How is that giving you time to connect back to self in an intentional way?
0: It's funny. Um, one of the teachers that I've studied from Madeline moon, and I'm going to get a little woo for a second, then I'll bring it back down. But, uh, she talks about the feminine, the energy of, you know, we have masculine feminine energies. You could replace that with any two opposing energies, but we all have them within within us and she talks about this concept of how the feminine will always have longing. Like she's such a deep well of emotion and capacity to feel that there's always a part of her that will want more. So when we think about the feminine and its core, it's something that wants more, like more chocolate, more sex, more pleasure, more fun, more play, more music. Like when we're in our pure feminine, we want more, 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 more. The masculine and it's pure sense. This is also she teaches wants less. So when you think about someone in their pre-masculine, they want to go in a cave and not have to talk to anybody for, you know, they want less burden, less responsibility, less in their life. That's why more masculine practices like meditation are to empty you and more feminine practices like embodiment where you're dancing to music are to fill you. So part of this journey I know for me is to be with, The desire for more to just literally be with that energy, the nights where I feel really sad, the nights where I'm longing, the nights where I'm just craving another person's touch. That is my work is to be with that part of me, to know that I'm not going to die, even though my body feels like that. And I, you know, I joke of it, but it's serious in those moments, you feel tortured at times. You can feel immense suffering when you want something, your body feels really intense and so I know part of my work will to continue to be with that and to expand my capacity to be with my own longing, because even when I'm in partnership, that longing will still be there. It'll just be another level. Like I want more of your love. I want more of your presence, more of your sex that doesn't go away. And if I can be with that by myself, I'm not going to then project and place all of this desire and need on another person. And the part of the way that I'm, I'm already doing that is by really cultivating meeting my own needs at every level like, like what do i need to feel in this moment and how can i give myself that and one of the things that i teach and i do i practice is is self pleasure so how can i fuck myself in the way that i want to be fucked and it's taken me honestly lindsay years to get here like if i'm being honest I wrote a post this morning and I was thinking about the self-pleasure session that I had last night. And the version of me two years ago would have been like, what in the actual fuck are you talking about? Because I didn't know what turned me on. And I didn't know how to create an environment like that for myself. And last night.
1: And how often are there times when you're like, okay, it's a, we're so likely to like set the setting, set the mood, set the thing. If there's another person involved. Totally, and as soon as it comes down to like masturbating, it's like, all right, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to get my like,
0: vibrator, quickie, yep. go, yeah, <laughs> get,
1: get my quickie, roll over, go to sleep, like, boom, oil changed, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And I was in that energy for a long time, and I started to feel like a hypocrite because I was preaching and practicing to others this one way of being, yet internally I was not showing up that way for myself. And so the second this detox started, I started to treat myself with more intention and more care. And last night. I'll just paint a picture of like what this ritual looked like. Cause it was so delicious and I cried and I orgasmed and it was like, Whoa, if this is available to me, that is so powerful. And it helps to feed the part of me that wants to feel pleasure, that wants to feel touch, that wants to feel longing and playing in that longing. Cause I love playing in that tension space. And so I, I recognized I had a really long day. Like I'm a bit of a workaholic. I love what I do. So I feel really grateful that I could fill all of my time with work if I wanted to, but part of what I'm doing now is I'm practicing setting better boundaries for myself. Cause again, if I do these things now, then I'm going to show up better when I'm in partnership. Sure. I could find somebody now with loose boundaries, but that's more things for us to work through together. So I was feeling energetically drained. I'd had a long work day. I serve all of these women and clients. So I have a lot of giving energy. So I was like, okay, it's my turn. I want to receive. So I shut my laptop. It would have been so easy for me to turn on Netflix and to binge a show. Um, but instead I took this hour to seduce myself. So I have um, color changing light bulbs. So I changed all of the lights in my home to this like really delicious, like orangey pink. Um, so it all of a sudden feels warm. There are so
1: many people about to crash their vehicles right now. So guys, pull <laughs> over
0: the erotica that's about to happen. <laughs> when I was, dude, when I was writing it this morning, I was like, am I gonna get kicked off Instagram <laughs> if I post this? Probably. It has nothing yeah. to do with
1: COVID-19 violations. No. <laughs> it has to do with like shame violations.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I turn on all of these light bulbs, I lit candles. I close all my blinds. I put on this playlist that I created called the seductress, which is like all of this really delicious sexual music. I will happily share it with your listeners if they want it. Um, and so I've got my, my music going. I walk over to my bedside table and I lay out my, my crystal wand, my lube. We were (laughs) messaging the other day where you're like, look at my nightstand. I'm like, Oh shit, I'm going to do that too. So I put out Uber lube and, um, my, my crystal wand that's called the cervix serpent, which it's so beautiful, um, but is specifically for cervical stimulation and, uh, body oil. So I lay that all out on my nightstand and a towel. So the, again, the things that I would want to have a partner do, I'm doing for myself. And then I put on a robe and I come into my bedroom and Instantly I'm taken with the light was casting a shadow on my wall. And I spend like five or so minutes just playing with my shadow. And it felt so like intimate, almost like this, there was this other person in the room with me. Um, and then I derobe and I lay in my bed and I I spend literally an hour with my body, with the energy that I so deeply crave from a lover. And I fed all of the different parts of me the energetic side of me that loves playing intention. The first thing I did was instead of going like, again, we talked about this grabbing vibrator, going straight to my clitoris. I took my hands and I just hovered them above my breasts, my vulva. um, And I felt like the goosebumps come online and how all of a sudden I'm like, wait, I'm teasing myself. And my eroticism was just kicking in. And I, after I went to my energetic side, I started to shift into my sensual side and I took the body oil and I warmed it. And I'm like deeply massaging my thighs and my breasts and saving like my vulva for last, knowing that I want to be teased and I want her to open slowly. And I'm going to do that for myself. And it takes discipline. And that's the thing we don't talk about is those types of self-pleasure rituals. They're not easy. Like it's not simple for me to do that. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes discipline. And, and I deserve that. And my lover deserves that. And I want to train myself to do that. Not even for this future person, but for myself, like really for myself. And I even fed my kinkier side, like at times, like playing with my throat and my jaw, like a little bit of pain and I just allowed myself to feed all of these different parts of me sexually so that by the time I was ready to actually engage in like erotic stimulation, I was begging for it. My own self, like I was so open, so turned on. And I remember in my marriage, like I never, never did this. I didn't know this was possible. So I can't even, you know, say that to my poor previous self of like, she didn't know, but even if I had I still think there would have been this underlying, like, well, why are you doing this for yourself when you have a partner? So I'm, I'm training myself of what is important to me. How do I literally nourish my sexual side, my sensual side, my energetic side, my kinky side on my own. And sometimes I think it's really easy to say, well, like, oh, if you're kinky, like it's really hard to do that without a partner bullshit. There are ways that we can do this. We just have to take personal responsibility. And after I brought myself to orgasm and I used my wand, I cried. I was so open and proud of myself and just like nourished. It wasn't this longing cry. It was just a like, fuck, I love myself. And look what I just created. And I slept like a damn champ after that. (laughs) And I woke up and I'm ready to podcast and have a great day. And Um, yeah, it was just this really beautiful moment of, I know how to meet my own needs. And this is how I show myself that. And I guarantee there will be times throughout this 90 days where I want to do anything, but fucking that anything. And I get to remember that that is what I'm worthy of. And that is how I can, I can tend to myself. Oh,
1: and how much gratitude does that give you for that person that is here? Right. That will Mm fill that role when you're like, I know a, what I'm worthy of. And it's not coming from that shadowy place of like, why aren't you meeting my need? I know what I'm worthy of, right. That we were talking about earlier, but rather fuck like that was, that's hard. That is a lot of work that took an, an hour of my day. And if that's what I'm hoping to receive from somebody else or no, I'm worthy of receiving from someone else. I have so much more gratitude for what it takes for that person to show up in that way now, because I've experienced it.
0: So true. I love that piece. And yeah, it's, it is totally just reframing the ways that I get to show up for myself And I'm also being aware, you know, just in the same vein of self-care and tending to self, I'm being aware of where I may possibly try to fill this void with other things, right? Mm. Like what could the addiction transfer to? Maybe it's self-pleasure. Maybe I'm just like constantly (laughs) (laughs) pleasuring myself, Um, but I am being diligent of creating space and not just then filling my schedule with all of these things, right? Because I could easily go, okay, I'm just going to spend all my time with girlfriends. Now, don't get me wrong. It's lovely to now spend some of that energy on cultivating deeper friendships. And I will do that. What also came up this morning was, um, I don't really have a hobby. Like I have, I love to write, but it's usually tied to my work. I was realizing so many of the things that I love are tied to my work and so what came up was like, what's one thing that I could pour my energy into that's a creative hobby that is an outlet completely separate from my work or my friends? Um, and so what came up immediately was it's still sexual, but it's something I really want to dive into is it's on is brand. pole, dan- pole <laughs> dancing. Like I really want to be a fucking legit pole dancer. And how fun would that be to have something that again, like when this person comes into my sphere? I've got things that I love putting my time and energy into. Mm-hmm. Like, I love to work out. I love to read, but I want something different. Um, and so that came really clear, of like, oh, in this space, I can now take up pole dancing. So all of these things just opened up and mostly my my lens shifted and I feel so much better. Ooh,
1: I am so excited to recap in a few months from now and see Me exactly too. how this process went, because I think that we can... We only know the surface, right? We've only scratched the surface and we we know what's happening right now in this reality. And I'm so excited to see how it opens up over the next mm. 90 days. Thank and you. if people want to follow the journey, because you're very open and sharing on social media platforms, you have you know your sex love and embodiment coaching and practices. So if people want to follow along, they want to get in touch with you, how do they do it?
0: honestly, the best way is Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time. I have a website and I'll happily share that here. Um, but send me a DM, like really I connect with so many women (laughs) start by saying, Hey, little peanut heard you on Lindsay's show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Insert pet
0: name here. Um, and I really, I promise I treat my, my community like family because they are. And I know that without these women, like I'm learning just as much from them as they are from me. And I'm always so inspired by the women that are drawn and attracted to my community. And so send me a DM and I'd so love to connect with you. Um, And I just have to say, I'm loving that you are releasing this on Valentine's day. (laughs) What a mindset shift though. Like what a perspective shift for most people of the day that we think uh, I've God, I remember so many times in my life where Valentine's day was this source of suffering because I didn't have a partner and I put so much shame on myself. And now it's like, I'm intentionally choosing to not have that and rewriting my story. And so I hope that in hearing this other women will get to do the same.
1: Absolutely. That's what we're here to do is rewrite all of those old narratives. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: Brent, thank you so much. Thank you for the work that you do. I love you, girl. I love you, too.